All right, this is Patty Howard, and I am in the home with Brother Brant Powell. And it is January 3rd, 2023. So Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to the Adams Ward podcast. I'm um, going to take a few minutes, and we're going to hear about Brother Brant Powell. And he is the gentleman that's usually sitting on the stand next to our music chorister. He is married to Rosemary Powell. So Brother Powell, take a few minutes, if you would, and give us some highlights about your childhood. Okay, well, <clears throat> I was born and uh, spent the first 18 years of my life in Southeast Texas. <clears throat> my parents were both uh, grew up and um, born and grew up on a farm in East Texas. So they, they were a very agrarian background and um, I was an only child <clears throat> and, you know, the typical response is, oh, an only child, spoiled and all that. But I had nothing to do with being an only child. <laughs> 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 it is what it is. Um, lived in the, in the same house throughout my entire life in, in Texas. Um, small town, um, you know, the kind of town where all your neighbors were lived in their houses the same number of years as you did, and you knew them and their children, and sometimes their parents, and you know, it, it was, in many respects, an idyllic situation. Mm. <clears throat> um, didn't really have any hobbies as I was growing up. I wasn't into athletics. I was really focused in on academics, and so, most of my waking hours were spent either in school or doing homework or, you know, getting ready for the next day or whatever. And, you know, I'm grateful I did well in school. And uh, <clears throat> it, um, it was uh, a wonderful time and place to grow up. Um, my parents were um, hardworking for a lot of years. Uh, in my early uh, years, uh, my dad was a, a tugboat captain for seafaring tugboats that went around the Gulf of Mexico and up the uh, <clears throat> eastern seaboard. But because of that, he was gone a lot. And uh, he decided that he didn't want to be away from the family that much, so he uh, took a job at one of the um, local refineries. The area is where I grew up is very heavily involved in the petrochemical industry, and there were a lot of good jobs with excellent benefits available to to people. And so, my hometown is where uh, Texaco started, and uh, you know, it oil was well. As in much of Texas, oil was what made things go. My mom uh, uh, was uh, a beautician and she had her own shop. And so she kind of set her own hours and did her own pace. And so she was able to be at home maybe a lot more than other working moms. Hmm. And so that was that was nice too. And that's, you know, that's really, um, it was 
it was wonderful and kind of unremarkable. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, um, but while I was living at home, <clears throat> um, uh, I didn't grow up in the church. That's when I first got exposed to the church. I had a, a good, we were very good friends in high school, but he was a year older than I, and he went away to college before, while I was in my senior year in high school. <clears throat> and he came back. Uh, it was on Christmas break, and uh, he told me about having joined the church. And I was astounded because he was not a religious church-going kind of guy. <clears throat> and he asked me if I would talk to the missionaries. And, I, and out of respect and uh, due to our friendship, uh, I said yes. And um, so uh, the missionaries followed up. And, you know, <clears throat> if you read the Book of Mormon and you pray for a testimony like they teach you to do, you're going to get a testimony. And that's how I gained my testimony and uh, joined the church um, at age 18. And about 10 months after I joined the church, I, I went on a mission. Oh, wow. I had a very <clears throat> a wonderful man. You know, bishops are wonderful people, but he was... He was very intent on my serving a mission. In fact, the first conversation we had after I had been baptized was, he said, I, I want you to start planning now to go on a mission. Mm. And he tailored my training and church experiences to prepare me for that. So I went on a mission. Uh, I was called to the Switzerland at that time. It was called the Franco-Swiss Mission. It, that was about the time they <clears throat> renamed all the missions to indicate where the headquarters was. So it was the Switzerland-Geneva Mission. It was the French-speaking part of Switzerland. French-speaking? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. It included uh, <clears throat> the French-speaking part of Switzerland, which is basically Geneva and the sort of surrounding area of Lake Geneva and um, the Mediterranean coast of France. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, some of the most spectacular scenery in the world. <clears throat> there were fifth generation members of the church in the Geneva branch, because the church had been in Switzerland, I think, uh, about as long as any place in Europe. So uh, there were a lot of longtime members of the church there. So, And you've been a member for 10 months at this point. That's right. Wow. That's right. <laughs> so I had a, a new language and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, my companions were very compassionate and patient. <laughs> um, but, you know, <clears throat> I may not have had the experience that a missionary who went through seminary and graduated and was an Eagle Scout and all mm. those things, um, but I did have that wonderful freshness of spirit that a new member of the church has. No kidding. That that made up for some of my other deficiencies. 
I'm, I'm blown away because I can't imagine how much your testimony must have grown those two years. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to quantify. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. You really got the jam packet all in. Yeah. And just to learn it quick months. and yeah. testify strongly. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks, Brent, for yeah. sharing. Have you been back to Switzerland? No, I have oh. not. No. Um, Rosemary studied uh, abroad in Austria, mm-hmm. and for years we said that we were going to take each other to, you know, yes. our, she'd take me to Austria and I'd take her to Switzerland, but um, we, uh, when we've gone uh, overseas, we've gone to England most of the time because that's where our family history centers on both sides so it, it was nice to get in touch with that too <clears throat> so did your parents ever join the church they did not did not so you're the only member that's right of your family so you have a lot of family history to do I do yes <laughs> uh, and interestingly enough I have some cousins who uh, who are also not members of the church but who have done a, a oh, lot great. a lot and so um yeah. Initially, my parents were really, really um, opposed to my joining the church. And um, and even more opposed to my going on a mission, because they of thought that, that would be the end of my education. Um, and, um, but it wasn't, you know, and they saw that I, I didn't become weird or, (laughs) um, you know, I was the same person and, um, and it helped when, um, helped a lot finding, uh, a wonderful young woman to marry whom they loved and she loved them. So that, that broke down a lot of the barriers. That's great. So tell us what happened after your mission when you came home. Well, after my mission, I uh, pretty soon went uh, to BYU. And uh, <clears throat> at that time, uh, it there was one BYU. <laughs> so, uh, um, and um, I had been there for just a few days, and my roommate said, I have someone I want you to meet. <clears throat> and he introduced me to Rosemary. Right away. Right away. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Nothing like a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she, at that time, was writing missionary. And so, you know, while I enjoyed getting to meet her and know her, I didn't want to, you know, impose myself on any kind of relationship that, that might have been developing. But that he came home and uh, that didn't materialize. And so then I, I started becoming better acquainted. That's great. Yeah. So how long did you two date? Well, we dated for several 
several months uh, at the end of my senior year at BYU. <clears throat> and then um, I, uh, soon after I graduated BYU, I started law school. Hmm. And uh, that was in uh, Lubbock, Texas, at Texas Tech. And I suggested, and her parents were amenable, that she, there was a, a lot of young adults who were really strong in the church in, in that ward, and there was a great institute program. And there were some young women who had space in their apartment, so I suggested she come out and live there, and we could, you know... Um, have a, an engagement that where we were together. I had asked her to marry me, and she accepted right before I started law school. Okay. So uh, we were engaged when I started law school, and she moved out, uh, you know, maybe a couple, a couple months into the semester. And um, she got a job there at the university, and... Um, so uh, we were engaged, or well, we got engaged, I guess it would have been August, I'm a little fuzzy, of 75, and then we're married in May of 76. Okay. In Texas? Or where? No, we were married in the Los Angeles Temple. Where she's from, correct? Yes, that's okay. where she's from. Yeah, Southern California. And then back to Texas, back to school? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, after that first year uh, of law school, I, I determined that law was, was not for me. <laughs> okay. It, um, all through uh, high school and um, college, I focused on getting a, a science background in preparation to go to medical school. I was determined I was going to be a doctor. <clears throat> and uh, for whatever reason, I started thinking that law might be better in the sense that there's a lot more flexibility in what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of attorneys who don't practice law, but who have really good careers. Mm -hmm. But if you're a doctor, you're pretty much a doctor. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I had had, I, I got all the science degrees and uh, so in that, in our first year of marriage, uh, when I decided that law was not going to work, that's when I uh, applied to medical and dental schools and uh, got accepted to both. And uh, <clears throat> um, I chose dentistry uh, and I think it uh, was a good choice me. It was a very fulfilling career, and um, it, um, for those people who don't really have dental problems, um, they don't understand how devastating dental disease can be, you know, for the whole body. Right. And um, helping people back to having a healthy oral cavity um, <clears throat> was very fulfilling. 
and and people and patients were were very grateful, and so it, it was a nice, a good fit for me. I, I'm sure I would have enjoyed medicine. I could have found, you know, my niche there. But, um, so um, I started dental school <clears throat> in the uh, summer of '77 uh, at the University of Texas at Houston. Okay. The, the dental branch there. Yeah. And I know that you are recently retired. Yes, after 41 years of practice. 41 years. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. It, um, and, you know, dentistry, um, there are all the jokes made about it and then the cringing. And, <clears throat> and I know it's, you know, having been a pa- dental patient myself, I know it's intrusive and it's kind of scary. Um, but um, it's so important. And uh, truth be known, I know more lawyer jokes than I know dental jokes. So <laughs> maybe you did choose the right. I, mean, I know quite a few lawyer jokes. In fact, <laughs> one uh, when I was in my training in dental school, uh, one of the major hospitals that we had to rotate through for oral surgery. Uh, had it <laughs> in the doctor's dressing room for the operating uh, rooms. Uh, there was a big banner, a huge banner that said, uh, Feed a cold, starve a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And that can be one of many lawyer jokes. Yes. Yeah. So you did choose the right path, you felt. That's I think great. so, yeah. That's good. Um, you know, there were there were times when, you know, every, I think everybody has days. At the end of which you say, "Is McDonald's hiring?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never said that. <laughs> but yeah, or something similar. Yeah. Did I do the right? Do thing? I need to be here? You yeah. know, there there are tough days for everyone. Yes. Yeah. So you and and Rosemary were married in Los Angeles Temple. Right. And uh, tell us about children or your child. <laughs> we have uh we have one son. Um he was born in uh nineteen eighty one and um we <clears throat> wanted other children. Um and uh Rosemary had a second pregnancy and miscarried. Mm-hmm. And it was about that time that she was diagnosed with MS. And mm-hmm. so it, it just wasn't, wasn't to be. Wasn't to be. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he is married and has two children and uh, lives about 50 yards away from us, which is wonderful. How lucky. Yeah, yes, it is. It's wonderful. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, tell us then about some of the turning points in your life. What are a couple decisions that have dramatically um, changed the course of your life? I think the two most important uh, decisions were uh, joining the church and all the blessings, covenants, um, gifts that come with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, without question, and um, 
the other is uh, marrying my sweet wife. Those are, those are, it just is that simple and straightforward. There were other important decisions that were turning points, but those are, are pivotal. They are. Yeah. That's great. So in that journey then, you know, we, we understand that you were married, I mean, married, joined the church um, at 18. Uh-huh. What helped you gain a testimony then? And what has helped to nurture that testimony to where you are now? Well, <clears throat> I remember when, when the Holy Ghost answered my prayers about the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith, and um, confirming to me that, that they were indeed true. And, um, and that has been stamped on my soul. Uh, I, have, it, mm. I can't, I can never um, forget that or deny it. And <clears throat> I think, um, you know, uh, serving when called, you know, when you're called to, um, I think is one of the biggest testimony builders. When we serve and try and <clears throat> elevate those around us and help them to be their, the best version of themselves that we can, um, I think uh, that that feeds our souls too. That's great. Good information. So, is there anything else that you would like to add to this podcast that maybe we have missed? Let's see. Well, <clears throat> I, I spent a lot of time considering what being a true follower of Christ means, okay. to me in particular. Um, and, and if we look at his life, um, certainly it was all about service. You know, the, the ultimate act of, being, of going through the atonement and... Um, but yet in his day-to-day -day life, he was constantly reaching out to those around him and not thinking of himself and um, nurturing those, those people who were around him. Um, and I, um, certainly he lived a covenant life. And um, I think just uh, if we do if we follow his example, do as he did, then um, I think we're on a pretty good path. That's a great answer. So I'll ask you one question that's not on here. Sure. What's your favorite hymn? Oh, um, Uh, 
you know, from month to month, if you ask me that question, I probably would say a different, different, different thing every mm-hmm. time. But um, in humility, our Savior is a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, you know, the hymns teach such profound doctrine. Yes. The verses are... They're, they're not just there for us to follow along with the music. I mean, they're there to teach us. And as my first bishop said, the Lord doesn't have us have us sing the sacrament hymn to give the, the priest time to prepare and bless the sacrament. Those verses and those words that we say are to uh, train our spirit. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thank you. In humility. That's, that's a beautiful one. It's hard to pick just one, I know. It is. So. It, it, it truly is. Yeah. Well, Brant, thank you so much. I am looking Absolutely. forward to our members getting to hear a little bit about you, because sometimes it's hard to talk to you when you're sitting on the stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I was in practice, uh, so many... Uh, uh, a lot of Sundays I wasn't able to be... Uh, very visible at church because of traveling back and forth but and so it's been nice to be more of a regular part of uh, people's uh, interaction in the ward that's true a lot of people may not know that we didn't see you because you were having to go back and forth to seattle right every week right so he is retired and he is a regular fixture now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So good. I hope a lot of people will enjoy getting to know you better because I know I, I love our relationship, our friendship. It's, yeah. it's sweet. Yeah. So thank you so yeah. much for doing this today. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, thank you for taking the time to um, enrich our ward and help us to get to know one another better. It is sweet. It's a sweet calling to do. Yeah. So not it's not even a calling, but it is a great job that I really love. So yeah. good. All right. Happy New Year, Brant. To you too.